Hey, what's up, church? We are happy to have you back with episode 31 of the Huh podcast. Last week, we finished our series on Overlooked. Today, we're doing a one-off as it is the week of Christmas. What? What? Uh, We are excited. We've got Christian and Garrett here. We are doing this on Zoom, so if the audio is a little different, that is why. Um, We are so excited to be with you today. We're going to be looking, of course, it's Christmas week, so we're going to be talking about the incarnation of Jesus uh, and and what it means for us, you know, talking about the story of the birth of Jesus and what the the emphasis of the incarnation of Jesus and what it means for our lives and what we are to do with it. So we are looking forward to um, this discussion. Guys, how's it going? Man, Christmas is always going good. I'm probably going to have to... uh, step away here in about five minutes i just got a text from someone that's coming by she said she'd be here in five minutes i gotta hey it's okay me and michael will take we'll, we'll gladly kick you off for a minute and this is the one i was I, the incarnation is my i think it's the most important i think it's the foundation of our faith i think without with i, I think it's more um it, it, i think it's a greater event greater piece of action from God than even the resurrection is. um, If we believe that God can be incarnate, I I don't think the resurrection is difficult to believe at all. Um, It's, I think it's the foundation of our faith, but I think it's also one of the aspects of our faith that we minimize, minimize. We, um, we don't fully grasp the magnitude of it. Um, And I think that's due to, to Christmas due to Santa Claus due due to just kind of we we negate Jesus to a baby in a manger and we look at Jesus as just this humble king that came we look at the immaculate conception of Mary and we're amazed by that and we're in all of his humility but we just kind of leave it at that and we don't really give a ton of thought to the actual incarnation and how how grand and important that is to our faith. Um, so let me ask you all, if God, or if Jesus was incarnate as, if the son was incarnate as Jesus, how is he eternal? All right. So hold on before we answer that. Uh, if you are listening and you're wondering, all right, what does incarnate mean? Yeah, yeah there we go. Let's just make this simple because I actually, I just taught about the incarnation with my youth group. And so you, uh, so you're the expert on this one today. Well, well let, uh, take the lead. Say, let's just say when I asked the youth what <laughs> incarnation was, uh, one of my students said, "Oh, uh, incarceration, right?" <laughs> I said, "Well, no, well, not, not, uh, Jesus was incarcerated into a human flesh." I was going to say it was kind <laughs> of. An- <laughs> so, if you're wondering what incarnate means, or maybe you've heard the word a million times. Incarnate uh, simply means God took on human form. Um, And and just thinking about that's when, you know, when we look at the story of Christ and the birth of Jesus, we see God taking on human form, taking on this human flesh. So, Garrett, your question was, uh, if Jesus was um, incarnate, incarnate, how is he eternal? As the question. Yeah, so is, is, in your mind, was Jesus created? Was the Son created? How is how is the Son of God eternal if He became flesh? Yes, yeah, so this goes on to um, we actually. If you're listening to this, we did a podcast on the Trinity, 
a few months, actually, yeah, probably like two months ago. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have always been and always will be there uh, in eternal God, all three of them um, being one God. Uh, so I think about when Jesus was born, um, that was God taking on human flesh, but Jesus has always been around. In fact, we even did another podcast talking about theophanies. Uh, and we talked about, you know, Jesus showing up even in the Old Testament. Uh, so when we think about Jesus being eternal, yes, he was born um, as a baby on that first Christmas morning. But that's not when Jesus existed for the first time. The key here, and this, this is kind of, this might go over the heads. This was written by Athanasius of Alexandria back, way back in the early turn of Christianity. Jesus was begotten, not made. There's a difference between begotten and being created. There is a heresy called Arianism that says that Jesus isn't God, that he was just the first creation that God made, which means that Jesus isn't, we can't worship Jesus. Worshiping Jesus would be heresy. This can't be true because Jesus resurrected from the dead. If we believe that Jesus was created, it's not possible for Jesus to have resurrected the dead. So Jesus has to be God. But how can the Son and the Father exist together? How can one have not created the other? You know, that's what birth is. Um, I'll be back. All right. Bye, Felicia. (laughs) So Garrett is... Popping out, we'll finish his thought. Um, how can the son uh, and how can the father and the son um, exist eternally? How, how does the how is the son not created from the father? Micah, I'm thinking about like um, we use the term uh, in the scripture. You know, the term father is used, uh, but this doesn't mean necessarily uh, is this necessarily doesn't mean that God created. Jesus. Um, And just looking at the nature of God, as we talked about in the Trinity several weeks ago, that the Trinity has always been, but that's the very nature of God. He is relational in nature. Um, He has his spirit. He has, uh, there is God the Father, there is God the Son, there is God the Spirit. And that's far past us to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, I I agree. And that's kind of what I thought when Garrett asked the question. Here's the thing. The way my brain works is so different from so many people's. My brothers are like this. Garrett is like this. You may even be like this. It's like when they see something that they don't quite understand, they have to get to the bottom of it. Um, Like they have to understand it. And it's really easy. And I don't know if it's laziness. I don't know. Someone might tell me I'm a bad follower of Jesus because of this. But when I see something that I'm like, I just don't think we can understand it. I'm just, I'm okay with that. I guess because I'm just so dumb that I don't know so many things. I'm just like, okay, well, I just don't know, you know. And it's not that I don't want to know more about God, but it just kind of like I laughed in my head a little bit when he asked the question because in my answer to it simply was like, because he's fully God. Like, I mean, I I mean, he's fully God and fully human. That's how he can be in person and eternal. And it's and I get people like. Uh, that have those kinds of brains that are into, very intellectual and, and intellectual thinkers and, and, and analytical and like want to learn these things. Like Garrett, I know Garrett like wants to get to the bottom of that question. Like he wants the answer to that question. Like how is it possible to do that? And I've got brothers that will text me 
and like respond to me through the podcast and and talk about these and like they, they they're the same way like they want to like know the answer and like how it works and and i'm just like i don't know like you know like he's god, he's god right like and that's my answer and it may not be good and maybe that maybe like that's a fault of mine i don't know but that's just how i am and maybe that's something someone out there that is a better follower of jesus than i that is more like christ text me and let me know that that's a fault and and help me work on it because i'm just like like literally my answer to that question is like well he's fully god and fully man like we we can't fathom god like we can't even understand him uh, and I want to know more about him and I desire to, but I desire to know more about him in a relational term rather than a logical and factual, how he is omnipresent, how he's omnipotent, how he's, you know. Um, so, and it's something else Garrett, and, and, and I know I probably cutting you off, but something else Garrett said, and I preached on this a couple weeks ago, and I just wanted to emphasize this alongside with Garrett is uh, we, we're in a series called Be Christmas since this Sunday is our last Sunday of it. Um, oh, I'm sorry we're recording ahead of time <laughs> last Sunday the 20th was our last Sunday of this and I preached in the last Sunday of November and it was about um it, the, the name is be Christmas and the idea is stop doing Christmas and start being Christmas stop worrying about the lights and the tree and all that stuff and so the week one was about worshiping fully we can't be Christmas if we don't worship fully fully f-u-l-l-y worship more fully who Jesus truly is. And a lot of times we relegate Jesus's birth to when we're sitting around the tree and we're like, oh, and the little baby Jesus was born and in the manger. And Garrett was starting to emphasize the importance of like, this is God in the flesh. Like this is God taking form of the people he created. And that the magnitude of that is so huge. And that was my emphasis throughout the sermon was, look, we've got the creator of the universe, the one who always was, always will be alpha and omega he was at the beginning he'll be at the end and he is has no end he is in the flesh he came to our planet that he created in order to show us more of who he is and to and, and to and to give us the example of the life that he would have us live and so the magnitude of that is huge and in order for us to grasp the like garrett was saying even the the death and resurrection we have to understand and we we can't necessarily understand the magnitude because like you're saying, how is he fully man and eternal, but the magnitude that he chose to come to earth and be with us. And, and that was his salvation. The plan of salvation was to die on the cross uh, and then be resurrected. So we need to, this time of year, that's my challenge to listeners. And uh, it's a little different from what we're talking about, but it's Christmas. So stop. And it doesn't mean don't put up lights, put up your Christmas. You can do all that. That's good stuff. You have time with family. That's great. Stop. Uh-huh. Yeah, bah humbug. Stop prioritizing those things over being Christmas. Start prioritizing being Christmas, being the light of Jesus, being uh, the, the mercy of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, being the ambassador, as we talked about last week, being the ambassadors of Christ. Um, and then do as you're doing Christmas, be Christmas. As you're doing those things, live that out uh, and prioritize being Christmas. Um, but that's kind of my answer to the I was if I'm like, he's fully God and fully man. Like, I don't know, you know, like, and maybe it's a fault. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, but, what, but what's important is really, you know, once you grasp the incarnation, once you grasp that God came humbly. Yes. In flesh, I think that, that helps change your outlook on Christianity. And even it helps, it helps you realize the importance of not only the life of Jesus, but also the death of Jesus. 
Um, and, and you're going to be able to see that, you know, like, Mike, I think, gosh, when I think about the Christmas story, you, you mentioned, of course, the nativity scene. And um, one of the most prized possessions I have in my house right now was this, uh, it's this old nativity scene that I was gifted from my grandparents. Uh, and it was the same one we had growing up. Uh, and they were had it as well. My great grandfather had given it to them. Uh, and man, it's just, I love it. It's in our kitchen. And, you know, I look at baby Jesus and I, I just think sometimes when we look at baby Jesus and we just see a baby. Uh, and, you know, Mary, she looked at baby Jesus and she saw her firstborn son. She saw this miracle child. But, but when everyone looked at Jesus, you know, even while the wise men and the shepherds came to him, they were looking at not just a baby, but they were looking at God. And, yeah. You know, I asked my I asked my students this question <laughs> this week. I said, "All right, if if Jesus, let's say Jesus was born in 2020, all mm-hmm. right, let's say that that uh, God just decided that He was going to wait and, and Jesus was going to be born in the year 2020, um, and, and you're standing there and you're looking at God Himself in the flesh." Uh, I asked them this question. I said, "What gift are you going to bring Him?" Mm. Um, it's not like it's a regular. And some of them said, "I'll bring him a PS5. I'd bring him juicy fruit." <laughs> Juicy fruit. That's always a good gift. <laughs> and you're thinking like, oh, shoot, this is not just a baby. This is God. Mm. Uh, and it, the most powerful being in all of creation, the most powerful being in the entire universe, um, sitting there, lying there in human form as a baby, if you're sitting there looking at him, like like what's going through your head of, mm. of seeing God? And I think when we look at, when we look at Christmas, uh, we should look at the baby as God, and, yeah. and not just as God, but also, you know, as mercy and, and grace that, all right, hey, what is God getting ready to do throughout his life? Mm. I'm a visual learner. Um, so yeah. like when you're teaching me, do what? Like coloring books. Yeah, exactly. So I can't stay inside the lines, but, you know, um, <laughs> when you're trying to teach me something, don't tell me, show me. That's kind of what I always say. I, I need to be shown. And so um, I can learn through telling, but I'm just better at being. So I made a video recently for our church. I, I compiled a video. I didn't make it, I guess. I just put the clips together. And and it talks about, you know, the shepherds are, are receive the news of, of the, the, the king, right? The, the Messiah that has come and and the angels appear to them and, and, and they direct them and tell them where to go. And, you know, that's always, that's part of the Christian story. It's like, yeah, the, the shepherds go and they see Jesus and he's the great shepherd. You know, like, yeah, that's cool. When I watched it, there was something about watching the clip of the shepherds having all these sheep in the field. And then they just leave. Like they just leave the sheep. Like this is their well being. This is like their life. Is, are these sheep and you see Jesus and he actually threw out a lot of the parables and stuff. He talks about shepherds and talks about the, you know, how he, you know, he calls himself the great shepherd and how they, they um, tend to their sheep. And he talks about how they do that. And they, in the video, I was just like, it's just like hit me like, Whoa, like they went to just go see the baby. I mean, it was a baby and they went, they just wanted to see the face of God in human flesh and just the power uh, of that birth. And, you know, and I think when we talk about Jesus coming in the flesh, we, we talk about like, well, what's the point? You know, why, why did he come? And ultimately he came to be the living example uh, and to die on the cross for our sins and to be resurrected. Um, that was the plan of salvation. And, and it still is. And, and another uh, truth that always sticks out to me is in Matthew 20 um, in verses 
um, 26 through 28. This is not so with you instead. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Um, this is not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And he says, just as the son of man, who he's talking to himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for, for many. And, and he says, the son of man, Jesus, came to, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so we see like Jesus right there tells the purpose of his coming in the flesh. I came to serve people and to be given as a ransom for many. In fact, for all. I, 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 that's, that is so important to see why he came and yeah. uh, what, the life he lived. Hey, let's, I, I want to look at two, um, two things on why the incarnation is so important. Uh, and the first is going with what you said. Um, the incarnation is so important because we, through the incarnation, through God coming in the flesh, we get to see how God wants us to live. Mm. Um, you know, if, if you want to know what God is like, um, if you're sitting there today and you're like, man, I always wonder what God is like. If you want to know what God is like, study the life of Jesus. Oh. Look in the Gospels and study Jesus's life because that's the thing. When you look at what Jesus did and how he lived, you're going to see exactly how God wants us to live yeah. and how he would live uh, or how he did live when he was in the flesh. And I think that's so important because honestly, um, you know, if God never came in the flesh, you know, I think we would have examples and, you know, he would, he tells us how to live. And, you know, he, of course he gave uh, the Israelites and them, he gave them the law and, and showed them ways to live. But just the example, you know, you said you're a visual learner. Uh, think about people in Jesus's time, Micah, that they actually get to see God living. Like they get yeah. to see eating and going yeah. about life and um, healing people and, and, and walking on water and all the other things that, that he did, they get to see his life. Uh, but also it can serve as an example for believers. Yeah. And if you're a visual learner, watch The Chosen. Um, mm. Jenny and I just started it. Um, and it's already like the first episode, Not there's no spoiler, but like the first episode, Simon and Andrew are like fighting. There's like just a brawl and they're just like fighting Simon's brother-in-law and basically trying to scam them out of money. You know, he was like, it was a setup trying to scam them out of money and like they're just fighting. And so we look at the disciples and all this is to say, talking about like you were just saying, Christian, about looking at the life of Jesus and the chosen obviously goes through that. Uh, and it's an app for those of you that would. Did you watch the pilot episode with the birth account? Huh? They, the pilot episode of the chosen is the Christmas story. It's Jesus. Uh, we must've watched it. I just, I saw episode one on the app and I clicked it and it was yeah. them fighting. So I guess I didn't watch pilot on YouTube. It's really good. Oh. Well, so the point is we look at the disciples as like, Oh, these are really great men like these dudes were just like dudes, like they, they probably fought and they went fishing on the Sabbath and like, you know, like they did all this stuff. So <clears throat> to your point, Christian, man, that, and that's kind of what I alluded to last week uh, on the last series of last episode of Overlooked, talking about ecclesiology in the church. We need to look at the life of Jesus. Um, we need to mirror the life of Jesus, not the life of humans. Um, and it's so easy to look at a prominent member of the church and, and be like, that's how I want to live. Um, because we see them in person, but um, we need to mirror the life of Jesus. Did Did you all, um, while I was gone, answer the begotten, not made question? I no, I was letting you do it. We um, talked about the NFL. Well, where you're going? We just <laughs> talked about football and stuff. It ties into what what um, Christian was just saying about 
if you want to see God, look at Christ. Um, so one of the overlooked characteristics of the law that you were talking about, you said, you know, God gave us the law so we could try to, you know, act like him. The law of Moses is the first revelation of God. It's the first revealing of God really in human history. So like we read the law now as kind of this list of do's and don'ts and, and things that we have to aspire to in order to make God happy. But to the Israel, no nation in human history had ever had God revealed to them. And the law was the first of its kind. The law revealed the characteristics and nature of God. Jesus, because we couldn't attain the law, because we couldn't really hold on to it, because we're just so sinful and corrupted and imperfect, Jesus came to say, okay, you can't attain to the full re- to the revelation of God's characteristics. Watch me. I am God. See, see what I do. And so Jesus is the fullness of that. And we, we know this is the case because of John's gospel. John's gospel doesn't have um, a Christmas narrative. It doesn't have a birth narrative, but I think it has the most powerful narrative of the incarnation and of all the gospels in the prologue. Um, in the first, in the opening of John's gospel, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. The word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were all things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. The word was with God, and, and that word, word, is, is the Greek word logos. And what John is saying here is he's, he's tying into the philosophical thought of this day, and he's saying, you know, the Greeks at this time believed that reason and logic and thought was, you had to have that in order for creation to exist. And John is saying, yeah, you're, you all are right. You have to have reason, logic, and thought for everything to exist. You know who that reason, logic, and thought is? It's Jesus. That word has always been there. That word was revealed in the form of the law. He goes on to say in, in verses 14 through 18, but that word, even though it's eternal, even though the word, the logos, the son is God and has always been God and all things were created through the logos, that word became flesh. He says in verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we observe the glory, the glory as the one and only son of the father, full of grace and truth. And so John is saying, listen, the son is eternal. The son is the word. The son is the logic. The son is everything that creation came from. He has always been. He wasn't made. Creation was made through him. He just simply came from God because he is God. And because we couldn't attain to God's level through the one revelation that God gave us through the law, he became flesh and dwelt among us. And in that action, in that incarnation, we observed the glory of God. And last week we talked about how Moses wanted to observe God's glory. What Moses couldn't fully observe in the glory of God on Mount Sinai, the disciples were able to fully observe in the glory of God as seen in the flesh of Jesus. Right. And so I struggle with saying that Jesus, um, Jesus, the name is, We, I think, simplify Jesus in saying that the baby is God, 
the flesh of Jesus is God. You know, the flesh of Jesus, you know, Jesus is God, but Jesus is God simplified in terms that we can understand. Mm. We couldn't look at the law and the characteristics of God and understand God. So Jesus had to say, okay, I'll come down to your level. And he put on our meat suit over top of his glory and, and, and said, observe me, watch me. I'll come with you. When yeah, you guys I'm... were kids, did you ever, um, did you ever do anything and like get in trouble and like your parents like grab you by the arm and like lift you off the ground? Okay. Yeah. That, see, that's what I always thought begotten my was. put soap in my mouth. Yeah. That's what I always thought begotten was like, I, I'm going to begotten by my parents, <laughs> you know, they're going to snatch you up and beat you. Right. <laughs> Uh, but you know archaic word begotten really just means to to produce from um and so what there's a difference between being begotten and being birthed so being birthed is a type of creation you are creating someone a woman creates someone in their womb and then they they conceive and then they bear that child. They birth that child. They create the child in the conception and in the pregnancy, and then they bring that child into life. Begotten just means you're already there. It's like you just pull apart. Okay, so think of like... Um, a, I feel like a we just started a podcast on how babies are made. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We're going to have to make this explicit content. <laughs> The incarnation, explicit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Have you ever good. seen videos, like science videos? Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's two cells, uh, one cell that splits apart and becomes two cells. Yeah. That's similar to what begotten is. You know, that one cell is God. It splits apart and you have the father and the son. It's still the same cell, but it's two parts of that same cell. Um, that's a very, very oversimplification. And it's not an analogy that is perfect, you know. Um, we can't have perfect analogies of the Trinity. We can't have perfect analogies of, of the persons of, of God, yeah. but that's a one way to think of it. God, Jesus has always been because this God has always been, but the son and the father are two parts and the son was begotten from God. Um, he wasn't created by God. He was, so it's not, by God. so it's not when you get snatched up by your mom or dad. No, no. Okay. I'm got it. <laughs> I've been, I've been thinking wrong for 25 years. <laughs> So um, I, I said I'd mentioned two things of why the incarnation was important. The first being we get to see how God lived, uh, and, and then the second thing why the incarnation is so important. Um, the incarnation is crucial to Christianity because it's through the incarnation that we have a chance to be saved. Um, so salvation comes because God came in the flesh as a perfect human being who lived a perfect life, and then went and died on the cross for our sins, uh, and then, of course, conquering death, rising from the dead. Now, of course, we look at John 3, 16. The ultimate gift was God gave us his son. Uh, the reason that Jesus came in the flesh, Luke 19, 10, uh, the son of man came to seek and save the lost. So the incarnation is important. Without God coming in the flesh, humans cannot truly be saved. Um, because why? We needed that perfect sacrifice. You know, we needed that. We, we couldn't save ourselves. Um, you know, the law, the law was great. And we, you know, they were called to offer these sacrifices, but those animal sacrifices only lasted a short amount of time. 
Um, they weren't eternal sacrifices like the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. Uh, and I, I want you guys, let's talk about this. Um, my youth was talking, we were, we were talking about this concept and I, I think, I think one of them had asked that, uh, Hey, why couldn't, why couldn't, um, why couldn't just somebody else, uh, die on the cross? Or this is something I brought up, you know, like, Hey, like, why did it have to be a perfect God in the flesh to be sacrificed? Why couldn't, uh, old Jimbo down the street, why couldn't he just die for everybody? Yeah, Jimbo's a pretty good guy. Great question. He's a great guy. <laughs> the answer is because, the short answer is because we have infinitely, humanity has infinitely transgressed against an infinite God. And in order to, to, um, in order to rectify our infinite transgressions against the infinite God, we needed an infinite sacrifice. And that can only come in the form of the perfect and infinite God. And so God became man to take on our infinite transgressions, but also give an infinite solution. Mm-hmm. That That's the short answer. Perfect um, lamb. But that's that's part of the doctrine of soteriology, which is the doctrine of salvation. Um, right. And even looking back, yeah. And even looking back to the old Testament, like the sacrifices that people offered, it had to be what a lamb without blemish. Yeah. And, and just showing the example of what oh, perfection, because here's the thing, God doesn't, um, he is not going to accept imperfection because he's a perfect God. Uh, and sin as, um, the ultimate imperfection, uh, God's not going to the same way he wouldn't accept it back in the old Testament with, with lambs and goats and bulls. Uh, he wouldn't accept a sacrifice unless it was perfect. Yeah. The, um, you had mentioned um, talking about before the resurrection, before he could die on the cross, he had to make, you know, the incarnation is, is like the foundational. Um, I call the incarnation the greatest sacrifice. What do you um, call it? The greatest sacrifice. Because, you know, like I said at the start of the podcast, we the resurrection, um, the cross, could not have taken place without, the, without first the sacrifice of the incarnation. Um, Paul writes to the Philippians. He's talking about, he's talking about follow Christ, following Christ's example, and then he's ta- telling Philippians also, follow my example. But in saying to follow Christ's example, he gives this profound explanation of what Christ has done. Um, Philippians 2, um, starting in verse 5, he says, Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. In, in Pauline theology, what Paul's saying is before death on the cross could happen, he had to humble himself and take on our likeness. He had to sacrifice his nature, the infinite eternal nature of God, for the finite temporal nature of humanity. He had to choose to serve us. No longer is humanity serving God. God serves humanity by taking on our likeness by taking on the temporal and finite nature of humanity. And then in that he will become obedient by going to the cross. And and so the first sacrifice of 
the crucifixion was the sacrifice of his of of God's eternal and infinite nature being turned into a finite and temporal nature, which you know I think we overlook during Christmas. I I I think that it's a lot easier for us to attach ourselves to a baby in cloths lying in a manger and a mother who loves her son dearly and is do it willing to do anything and to shepherds who are poor that come and see this. It's a lot easier for us to attach ourselves to the nativity than to attach ourselves to the illogic of an infinite and eternal God becoming a finite and temporal human being. Um, but that's the most powerful part of the Christmas story. That's the most powerful part of the Christmas narrative. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and it's the reason we celebrate Christmas. It's the reason um, we, we celebrate uh, the birth and the reason the birth is so significant uh, because God came down to us. Uh, and it's a beautiful, it's just a beautiful picture how, how God came down uh, when we were in need, you know, I just kind of think of, um, I think of somebody in need of rescue uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe somebody was drowning and, and somebody reaching out their hand. I, I, I picture the person reaching out their hand to, to help someone up in the boat that's drowning um, as what God did when he sent his son, Jesus. He came down to where we were and he picked us up out of the depths of sin uh, that we were trapped, uh, that we were trapped in. But um yeah some good stuff well it's just um i think one of the i've called it the foundation of our faith and i i think if you really think about it obviously it is we wouldn't have christianity if god didn't become human um and so you know we need to reflect on that you know this isn't just another time to gather together in family. This isn't just another religious holiday. This is the foundation of what we believe. Um, and we need to, to remember that. Now we didn't do a hum moment for the last podcast. Do, do you all have one for this one? A hum moment for the incarnation. Um, do you all see that there's like um, Jupiter and Saturn are supposed to line up perfectly for the first time in like, since like years or yeah. yeah yeah there's people that are saying that that's like what the the star of bethlehem actually was i don't i don't know that that's the case i don't i don't know that yeah i, I would like to hear from an ast- astrologer kind of what that is well yeah. like the star of bethlehem i think you could say whatever you can make it out to be whatever you want but um based on our faith i think you could also say that god just planted a star for this purpose or made uh, a star that existed or shine really, really bright. Yeah, like caused a supernova just so that everyone could, it's to mark this occasion, you know. But on the 21st of December, uh, Jupiter and Saturn were supposed to align um, perfectly from our Which, vantage point. When this comes out, it will have already happened. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. So, so uh, listeners, it. we hope you saw it. That was our hunt. It looked cool. <laughs> Maybe we could release it on the on the twenty first. This mm, podcast. And- Maybe. All, right, All right. So I've seen a lot of things on Twitter, um, uh, memes about December twenty first. I guess it's referring to the star. Mm. Uh, I think people talking about like they're going to get superpowers or something. <laughs> but, 
That'd be so cool. People are saying Jesus is going to come back the 21st. That'd That's be been cool. the, the new be, fad, uh, like I'd, the new like trend or whatever. I haven't seen that, but remember when the 21st of 2012 was supposed to be the last day of Earth? Exactly. They were wrong. magical. Isn't the 21st the longest day of the year, too? Yeah. The shortest, uh, shortest. shortest it's winter solstice. Yeah. yeah. But that would be yeah, that would be a great way to end 2020. I would. Hey, that would end my quarantine a lot faster. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be okay if Jesus came back to 2020. Oh, I wouldn't. I would be on cloud nine, which would be in heaven. So, <laughs> so we do need to come out with this podcast uh, early in the morning on the 21st. 21st so just in case Jesus right. comes back, you <laughs> get to listen to it. <laughs> oh, well, this is really digressing fastly. Quick, fastly. Hello? Words? Quickly. Are we even going to be able to, I wonder how good we're going to be able to see the star. See, that's what I'm, I'm wondering. It's, you're supposed to already be able to see it right now. The 21st, the 21st is, the is when it's the brightest it's yeah. going to be. Um, mm. So I don't know. I've tried to look, but I haven't really looked hard. I just, like, when I'm walking from my car into the house, I look up and see if I can see it. But Yeah. Um, that's Good one stuff. thing for me. I, I want to go somewhere where there's absolutely no light pollution just so I can see what, what this, the night sky looks like like before <laughs> didn't you grow up with no night pollution <laughs> yeah, or light but, pollution i mean if you're within like 30 miles of a town or city there's still some light pollution like i want to go into the aren't you outside of 30 miles from any town or city where you grew up <laughs> no not that far i mean i didn't have any major cities around me but the yeah. the uh the you had a post awesome office town of romney was right there yeah, y'all had a post office so hey, i went to well God. <laughs> When uh when I was in Haiti, we went way out. I mean, we drove this old monster truck bus out in this desert, and um, we were, I mean, hours from civilization. And Haiti didn't have a lot of lights, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not joking. There were so many stars in the sky. But here's the crazy thing: with no light pollution, I remember sitting out there in in an hour's time. I remember I counted like somewhere between 20 and 30 shooting stars in just an hour. Oh. You can see everything. I mean, it's just like crazy. Yeah. Well, I the, uh, I'm moving to Haiti. I think, <laughs> I think when we read the promise that God gave Abraham, that your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky, I think we diminish it because we can't see all the stars in the sky now. So think about that from Abraham's perspective when there was zero light pollution and you could see everything in the sky. Think about what that promise would have been like. To, to just walk out there and see countless stars and and uh, know that God had made that promise. It'd be crazy. So I guess that's kind of a hum moment, but probably by this point, everyone knew that that, that was coming. <laughs> hey, that's good. Um, hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, if we make it past December 21st. <laughs> we Which don't. hopefully we don't. I, I hope Jesus <laughs> does come back. Um yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, but seriously, we um, hope you have an awesome and Merry Christmas. Uh, hey, remember, not just little baby Jesus in the nativity, but remember him as God in the flesh. Begotten, not made. Begotten, not made. <laughs> so, he is eternal. And that I think that's something that we, every Christmas season, should make sure we take time to remember, that Jesus isn't just a finite being. He chose to become 
to become as taking on flesh to experience the finite and temporal nature of humanity, even though he's the infinite and eternal God. Um, he always has existed. Um, he was begotten, not made. Uh, and that's the power of the incarnation is remembering that fact. Oh, yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed our podcast. Once again, hey, Merry Christmas. Uh, hey, the best Christmas gift you could give me, Mike and Garrett, right now is subscribing to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, and an even better gift or a stocking stuffer uh, would be, hey, if you could leave a review, tell us how bad we did, tell us how funny our voices sound. Uh, just tell us what you liked, what you learned. Um, but hey, we appreciate everybody that's listening to this. Garrett, you want to close us out in prayer? Yeah, I'll close it out. I will say that a better Christmas gift is is books. If if anyone wants to send me books, I, I love <laughs> books. So <laughs> this is a, this is a small plug. <laughs> okay, let's let's close in prayer. Hey, but don't send me books because I can't. don't know how to read. <laughs> well, what? I don't know how to read. So um, yeah, don't send Micah books. <laughs> I started the prayer and then got cut off. So <laughs> let's uh, let's close with word prayer. Father God, thank you for the conversation that we've had. Thank you for sending your son, for, for reminding us and, and through theologians and history, through your, through your scripture, that he, you didn't just create Jesus. You didn't create the son. The son has always been. He was begotten by you. He, he is God, but he chose to leave that behind. He sacrificed that nature to take on our nature so that we can eventually take on your nature. God, I just pray that every single one, every single person who's listening to this podcast is excited for your return, is excited to be a part of your eternal kingdom. And I pray that during this Christmas season, we are intent and in worshiping the incarnation and thinking about what that means for our faith. God, we love you. We thank you for all you've done for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen.